I want to talk to you about the face of trust. You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power, tap into the truth of who you are, and live your best life now. In an earlier video, I talked about going through that nervous breakdown at the end of my marriage. But prior to that, I'd been seeing this therapist for eh, three to six months. And I remember sitting in her office one day and telling her, I have no, I said, I'm going to find it so hard to trust anybody again. And she looked at me and said, Linda, you just have to learn to trust yourself. That was a powerful message, and I have been on the journey of embracing whatever I need to in order to be able to trust myself again in relationships. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean simply this. The decisions I've made in the past while I was in my traumatized state always led me into Go nowhere relationships, which is bad enough, but those relationships were also toxic. And I always choose people that I always, let me make that clear. I always chose men, okay, that were untrustworthy or narcissistic, cheaters, liars. None of which is on my list of values, nor on my list of what I want in a relationship. And until I knew that I had addressed the negative self-defeating mindsets that, that led me into those decisions, I just wasn't ready to budge. But this is what she said to me. Now, she had a picture during one of our earlier sessions of her boys. It's three or four of the boys. And I remember that this therapist had just lost her husband. And I picked up that picture and I looked at it. And one by one, by one, by one, I told her the type of person that boy was, what what kind of characteristics and qualities he had, whether he was a leader or a follower, I just read one by one the exact truth about each one of those boys. And she she didn't say much at the time, but she did look a bit amazed. And she brought that back to me when she told me, no, it's not about your trust in others, it's about your trust in yourself. She said, Linda, you sat here You told me about every one of those boys as if you knew them as well as I do. She said, so you got to learn how to trust yourself. What was she telling me? Now, I didn't really realize that this thing happens with me where I can look at a picture, whether it's a grown-up or a child, and read their futures or whatever you call it, words of knowledge or whatever. I didn't recognize that gift in myself. Even in the middle of using that gift, which gets back to the whole thing about your toolkit from last week. But 
she was right. So what would allow me the ability to look at a photograph of a perfect stranger and see so much about them? What was that? What is that? That's the big question. But with that ability to read a person, why in the heck wasn't I using that in the choices I was making in these relationships? I'm going to tell you, if I go back to each one of those, even in my traumatized state, there was always some kind of intuitive hit I would get. The, uh, my intuition would tell me that something was wrong or my gut would tell me something was wrong. And what did my behind do? Ignore it. Okay. It wasn't like God wasn't trying to tell me up. Oh, you finna mess up again. Is that I chose to ignore that. It's back to uh, the toxic relationship video I did where I said we, we accept our, the, our, it's just like taking your perfect meal straight out of a dumpster. You know, is it that appetizing? Well, if you just focus on the parts of the meal you like and ignore all the garbage around it, then you can maybe make yourself eat that. And I was settling for dumpster dive relationships. Totally ignoring a natural gift in myself to judge an individual's character, even from an inanimate photograph. Duh. So it comes down to a matter of my drawing a boundary with myself that, okay, I'm not ignoring that feeling again. If I see something in the eyes, I ain't got to be asked no questions trying to figure out what the heck it is. I know better. Step on. Cut my losses. It's so, so when you talk about the face of trust after trauma or abuse, then you have to look in the mirror. You, you have everything inside you to make better decisions. All it takes is number one, knowing that trauma has twisted your perspective. Number two, how trauma has specifically twisted your perspective, because that's going to be different for each one of us. And three, your game plan for not going there anymore, for recognizing when the perspective is twisted, for recognizing when trauma is yelling in your face and causing you to make wrong decisions. Acknowledge that that's trauma speaking. It's nothing wrong with that. See, we want to beat ourselves up because we get a trigger. We want to beat ourselves up because trauma screams in our face and we become looking through traumatized eyes. We don't want to beat ourselves up anymore about that. What we want to do is acknowledge that it's there. Acknowledge that we're feeling that trauma. Acknowledge that that trauma's twisting our perspective. Acknowledge that we shouldn't be making any decisions in that position. And then move on. When in doubt, don't. With relationships, when in doubt, don't. In relationships, when you feel that gut feeling, I don't know what it feels like for you. For me, it's just a sick feeling in my gut. But we all have some kind of physical manifestation when our intuition is telling us, don't do it. 
And so the face of trust is in our mirrors. Why is that powerful to understand? It's because we cannot, again, control or make anybody else do right by us. We can't. We can't. Look, I was going to make this a separate video, but it's coming up now. So I was having a, 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 a discussion with a friend yesterday, and we were talking about relationships and what what she called butterflies and and so i don't know what you guys ever know you ever heard somebody use the phrase i had butterflies in my stomach like flutters and stuff and how she had a girlfriend who was happily married and the man she married was the first time that she did not feel butterflies okay now, for her, based on my understanding of this discussion, for her, the butterflies were her intuition telling her not to do something. Now, for you or others, butterflies mean something positive. They had butterflies in their stomach. That meant they were excited. It wasn't about anxiety or intuition. So what I want you to know is that you have to figure out what kind of physiological response you have Whenever your intuition or your gut feeling is yelling at you, you you have to know what that is for for you for for me it's a little sick feeling. I don't think I've ever felt butterflies ever about anybody or anything. So it's just everybody's got a different physiological response, and uh, so what she and I talked about is well, I don't really want to tell people that anytime they feel butterflies that that's a warning sign I said because everybody's intuition is different so while butterflies for them it might be something else for you know yourself enough again your greatest power is in knowing who you are okay and just make a boundary with yourself yeah we draw boundaries with other people all day long okay and people Cross the boundaries all day long. Some people do honor them. I ain't going to lie like that. But uh, it, it cross the boundaries. So you have to draw a boundary with yourself and say that you will never cross that boundary. You are the reliable face of trust after abuse and trauma. And relying on and trusting that aspect to yourself, that intuition is going to be your saving grace. But more than that, when you stop ignoring that, then you become a person who stands in a position of empowerment with respect to the decisions you make in your life, period, your career, period, your relationships, period. And when you can follow that intuition, then you always know, okay, I'm following my intuition. I did the right thing. And then just move the heck on. And that means that if you get in a gut feeling about some joker who acted like Prince Charming or, or a knight in shining armor or they love bombing you and you're loving that on some level, okay, who's going to be mad at you about that? You're a human freaking being and anybody would love to have that in their lives. But always beware to know what's behind that.
And if your intuition tells you that Mr. Charming over here is bad freaking news, then early, early, early in the relationship, you cut your losses before you put your heart into it. Now, I want you to go over to, I'm going to give you a link below, the five-day love of your life challenge. Because every moment you waste in a dead-end relationship is a moment stolen from living the love of your life. And if you take this five-day challenge, you will be on more empowering ground when you meet the right person or when you meet the wrong person. See, that helps you take control. That's a position of empowerment. Anytime our traumas drive in our perspectives and our decisions and our matters of the heart, it's not ever going to be a good, positive outcome for us. So take the five-day love of your life challenge and I'll see you over there. Always remember your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Know that truth. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime Podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lindafwilliams.com. That's lindafwilliams.com.